0: Hey, thanks for tuning in to another edition of Ask a Black Woman, the podcast. And this is a very, very special episode because of my very special guest that I have. I have my producer and my director of my one-woman show, Ask a Back Woman. I am I love introducing Claudia Duran. Hello. My director. Hey. And Lindsay Haley, my producer, yo. We are here live in the New Orleans airport. Hello. The brand-new airport. The brand-new brand brand airport. airport. Yes. yes. So we're in the yes. brand-new airport. Yes. And I thought it would be um, definitely something to do because... Um, They're the ones who got me here to perform for the In Fringe Festival. I just closed three show dates um here this weekend. And um yeah, we just want I just want you guys to really know, not just from my lips, you know, how they came to be a part of this. And yeah, so I'm gonna start off with the question for you, Claudia. What was going on through your head when I came to you back in February? Script not even finished. Nowhere near ready. And I had no um, director at all. My first two choices were gone. Um, I think I shared with you my first inclination. I wanted a sister to direct me. And she couldn't. And right. then after that, I went, uh, was thinking of this other girl who was really popular for the Hollywood Friends Festival. Mm-hmm. It was a white girl, mm-hmm. um, but it didn't work out with her. Like right. It was just creative differences. And <laughs> I know you keep a calendar. Uh-huh. And so what was your first thoughts when I said, Claudia, can you help me? Well,
1: I said, I said I would, I'd be glad to help. I go send me the script. And for me, you know, I I have vision, right? Like I see things, I can understand things. So on the page, um, especially through the spoken word, I knew that the the sentiment was there, you know? So even though it wasn't quite finished yet or even though you were still working on the script, I knew that there was something really special in the words and in the poetry. Um, And in the scenes, the message from scene to scene, uh, for me, was very clear because even though... I'm not a sister, you know, I am a mujer. Um, so I understood a lot of what you were saying. I understood, I felt a lot of what you were spitting and a lot of the scenarios that you went through. I had gone through so many scenarios that were very underhanded like that with, you know, macro and microaggression. So I really understood it in many, many ways um, when it came to a lot of your topics and that I was reading. So I loved what you were uh, talking about, I loved what you were sharing and the stories you were sharing, because you were doing it in a way that was so raw and honest. But then you also brought like an artistry through it, uh, through the poetry of it as well. So I, I think there was something special there, and I was willing to, to to put in the work to develop it into something that was
0: relatable. Amen. Thank you for that, girl. Mhm. Mhm. Well, okay, we still going. We still going. So, um, now just so you guys know me give just a little bit of more background, so how I even came to know Claudia is because I had auditioned for, <laughs> for, um, spit, yeah. for spit. Cause it had the one thing I could do well as a requirement, it was you gotta learn gotta know how to spit some poetry. Yeah, and that was with Alex Alfaro. Yeah he wrote,
1: that, he wrote that. So when you came for those auditions, the the role that we had uh, well that I had seen that you can play was already pre-cast. So I had to work it out with Alex to bring you on board cuz so I was like, "No, but this chick has it together. Like your your ability to to bring that fire behind the words was there."
0: Woo-woo-woo. So we we go back like Applejack yeah. cats a little bit like from when I first moved to LA. Mm-hmm. Woo-woo. And now like um, so, this was your first time helping to direct something for Hollywood French Festival, too. right? Yeah. Uh, what was your thoughts about us going into the Hollywood French Festival? Did you have any thoughts about what it might turn out to be in terms of response of you know what we what we were bringing to them? What I knew I
1: knew it was going to be a challenge, mm-hmm. uh, simply because it's two things: one, it was a solo show; two, it was a woman of color solo show. Um, and I knew that that was going to be tricky, uh, but necessary for the Hollywood Fringe Festival because it's not, um, it doesn't necessarily cater to people of color. So I knew that this would be a challenge, which I love a good challenge. Um, but, uh, I was ready for that and, and I think it's something necessary. I think it was something very necessary. And we had seen previous successes with one woman shows, um, one, well, let's call them solo performances, you know, um. That, that really shined, um, so I thought that this was something that was doable and necessary for the Hollywood fringe, because it's not something that they particularly specialize in. There are certain festivals who have been around for a very, very long time, and they do, like, I don't want to maybe catering is not the right word, but they do have certain sections that are specifically for for uh, Latinx culture, um, for African-American culture, Asian culture. And can, there's, there are certain festivals that incorporate that and are looking for that kind of talent. Um hollywood fringe festival as far as i've gone because i've gone through it for many years Mm -hmm. isn't necessarily something so i have to really find those performances they don't really like put them together Mm -hmm. you have to go searching throughout los angeles Mm -hmm. at the different uh, venues to find that kind of work and that's how i was introduced to alex for the first time Mm -hmm. so i knew yeah that's how i was first introduced to alex a friend of mine had met him before, but, and she's like, "He's part of the fringe like with Spit." When I first well, saw Spit, out. it was all fragmented, and all these Shy. there were vignettes. It wasn't one whole cohesive piece. Oh. So I knew this was something that these are these are the kinds of projects that need to be worked on, mm-hmm. need to be developed, and need to like be given a platform and be given that proper time.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, ladies, ladies and gentlemen, that was Miss Claudia Duran. Listen, the beast known as Claudia. <laughs> the and beast. I the like that. Beast. That's a good the one. Beast. The beast. I mean, yeah. that's an understatement. Yeah. Like a her one. energy, her drive, her work ethic is—it's cr- ridiculous. Because when we were pre- um, preparing for Hollywood French Festival, you had how many other things going on? You was doing Brown and Out. Wasn't wasn't something else going on at the same time? We all was hitting back to back. Yeah, Brown and Out was a big one. That I was, was directing huge. for that one. Yeah.
1: I love that festival. That's why, That's why I kind of tipped her. I
0: said, "I, I pro- she probably going to laugh at me. But I, I knew Brown and I was around the same time. But I'm on ass. I'm on ass. So I was ever grateful. Ever grateful. Now, the other um, cohesive thing that um, that you and uh, Mama Lindsay. Lindsay Haley, but I affectionately, we call her Mama Lindsay. Yeah. Our um, part of is a collective called um, Chicanas y Chisme. Mm-hmm. CCC. <laughs> they put, these are some writing creating women and so um, Mama Lindsay come on and talk about um, I want to definitely want to promote what you do with them as well and I'm then we can say them.
1: well you know what I, this is learning. <laughs> no All but I, she helped to develop a program along
2: with Claudia uh, <laughs> we're the co-founders and um, uh, it was really important for me to see uh, stories that we don't normally hear,
0: uh,
2: be on stage, and to give uh, women a voice, uh, Chicanas, and uh, women of color. And so um, I was with the first six years of Chicanas Cholas y Chisme, and very proud and happy that uh, we were able to take uh, a collection of some of the short plays and bring them to the fringe festival here in new orleans which at the time they went through some changes it used to be the fringe festival uh first four or five years and then the folks that were running that took off back home to ohio and so when people wanted to continue Mm -hmm. running it uh, they say, well, you can't because the copyright belongs to us.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. So we're the so, For Real Festival.
2: And then it was the For Real Festival, and that's the one where uh, we applied, and that was our first uh, prediction that we brought to New Orleans. Mm-hmm. And now having you here at the In French Festival is our second tour as Claudia and I as producers. Yeah. Yes,
0: yeah. thank you, Mama Lindsay. Why did? Why did you want to? Like, you came (laughs) to my show at Hollywood, Mm Fringe Festival. But what was the thing that made you say, you know, we got to do something with this one?
2: Well, uh, I went to the show, and your stories, like with Claudia, when she read him and and was considering them, uh, directing them, they resonated with me, because I knew a lot of those same experiences. Uh, And... Although we are not from the same ethnic group, we are a marginalized community. Uh, We are, and and we suffer the same injustices. Uh, We have the same um, lack of, not opportunity maybe, uh, opportunity, but entitlement. We see the world differently because the world, this country, treats us differently. And so uh, my thing has always been about justice, whether I'm going to do it uh, on theater or just telling people down on Bourbon Street, taking pictures of somebody. It's like, pay the man. Mm-hmm. You're taking a picture home. Pay him. Yeah. You know, and some woman cussed at me, and I cussed back. So <laughs> I don't have a problem with that. Not but at all, When y'all. I saw your show, that's what uh, I saw. And I just knew immediately that we had to bring it to New Orleans. Mm-hmm. And this isn't, you know, um, this is just a, the beginning. Yeah. What I saw was like, yes, get it into Fringe. But let's do a full production and a full run here at a theater, yeah. and interestingly enough, because Claudia and I have worked in some of the other fringe festivals as volunteers, so that we get to see the other shows, we get yeah. to see the other venues. We've seen what else is performed. Right, mm-hmm. they're at bars, art galleries, you know, uh, you know, different sorts of venues. It was always a
1: dream of ours to actually be at the Yes, talked about the years ago. Yes,
2: we wanted to. Yes.
0: Wow. We wanted to bring something to Ashe. So you guys, just so you know, know, Ashe Cultural Center, just as a pause, um, is, it is, uh, was co-founded by um, black people, and, but it's ran, you know, by, you know, multiple kinds of people and stuff, whatever. And the sign, when you come in there, it says, serving the community for 20 years. It's a gorgeous facility. I was like, wow, I'm here. This is my first out of state performance. Yeah, I just want to pause and let people know what it was like when I first walked up. So Uh Ask a
2: Black Woman, this uh, run at the Infringe Festival, was presented at the Ashe Cultural Center Mm -hmm. in New Orleans. And my thinking was when we still didn't know which venue we were going to be in, I wanted to invite people from the Ashe to come see your show Mm -hmm. so that we could go back and... Do a full run, and
1: I told I told Andy, wait, we we're at the Ashe. Like, oh, Yeah, once, I just got word we're at the Ashe.
2: I mean, I went bonkers. Yeah. I went, oh my gosh, yeah. you know, we're we're already there, yeah. and uh, so yeah, it, it, for me, it's about justice in every way and form, and in your piece, I saw that, uh, and uh, telling your story. And I saw myself in it, and I wanted to support that in any way that I possibly could. And now we're here. We are
0: here. We are here. Just y'all, y'all have no clue. But I'm trying my best to convey it, like. It it was more than just a performance. It was um, first uh, on the surface. It's my first trip to New Orleans,
1: right? But
0: these guys to my left and my right have been here the double digit times to this place. Yes, I've been
1: and here back and forth since two thousand five.
0: So they've seen it. They know the city. Forth, this city back and Yeah, and they've been um, singing his praises. And they're like, listen, it's this is. Get ready. You know what I mean? Like, mama her things, it serves it up. It serves it up. And um, it's been a spiritual encounter to a large degree, too. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my lesson, I just I made it into a nice little ditty, a little phrase today. And I said, when life hands you peppers and vinegar, make hot sauce. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's my, that's my, th- my takeaway from New Orleans because nothing went as planned. It wasn't like, oh, oh it, was <laughs> it was in bed. It was nothing oh went goodness. as planned. You yeah. know, when the tech day came, we didn't see that that train coming at all. Right? I, wait, no, wait. I saw... I didn't know what it was going to be, mm-hmm. but I knew it was going to be something. It was going to be something. But the magnitude. <laughs> dear God. Y'all have no idea.
1: Well, I remember... Well, here's the beauty of it, right? Because... Um, yeah. And here's what I've learned since coming back and forth in 2005, was that um, every time you come back, there's always something different. Okay. Something, like, Like, here we are at the new airport, mm-hmm. right? So um uh So it's always an, and now we're here at the new Ashay space, right? Because it, it was different before. We were, we right. we're talking it about it. Just that. was renovated. It, it had just oh. been renovated. so was a new space That's now that we're in. um Well, when we first came, we were coming to what's now the Art Club, and the Art Club, you know, they had gotten flooding and everything like that. So there was no, like they had they were rebuilding a bathroom and a wall and now it's like a beautiful performance space that people go into so every time you come back it's constantly being built and coming back, my first time coming three months after Katrina Katrina happened in August, I was here in November Um, it's literally like for me every time I've come back there's something new, something new something new but it's still the same old New Orleans Mm -hmm. you know so I knew it was going to be something I didn't know what but I'm just happy that we were able to Figure it out, you know. We we're able to to play music
0: cues. We we're able to play. Amen. Cause of, uh, uh, project. Yeah. When it videos. when we didn't have it the way it was supposed to, yeah. we was sitting there. I just said resigned. I said, I won't have. I guess I want cues, but you were like, but you need these. You know, there were, basic, there's, there's, there's ones that we absolutely, absolutely need. Not the music necessarily, but you need doorbells. Yeah. <laughs> you need the phone ring at work like. yeah you're
1: responding to things so there's certain ones that we absolutely need to figure out how to do this and so ending up doing a, an entire new technical set it was like a 20 minute new m- movie file literally starting and stopping starting and stopping trying to edit it I mean even in the end like there was like it wasn't perfect because there was this one part where it happens too quick and all of a sudden barbecue Becky barbecue
0: Becky would <laughs> come up and I was like i was right at the beginning of I was like
1: I need more like I needed like three extra seconds in order to press that button to pause it but it was just like people would laugh you know what I mean so because they knew exactly what you were talking about and about to talk about mm-hmm. so either way it worked out but it was one of those things like because of the way things were edited and so quickly. I was like, when, when I first, there's this great picture that you that you took when they're telling me well, yeah. the difficult news where I'm like, literally, I'm, my, my eyes are bulging out of my head because I'm like, how am I going to do that first week in actually- 10 hours? How am I going to do it You look do- so scared. I'm not going to sleep. I was, ter- I was terrified. I'm not going to be sleeping tonight. And I got to figure out we got to figure this thing now. out how are we gonna do this because we literally had to go through all the cues and redo them and only do like the most absolutely imperative cues. these ladies
2: were up until four o'clock in the morning working on this it was like i told it was
1: like by the candlelight.
0: day before the show by candlelight it was back i was blurry i felt like i was in 1721 it was it crazy. blurry i was like i, I gotta get a Put my eyes away from the screen because yeah. I can't see, like it was yeah. bad. I'm, I was, I had deleted a couple lines by mistake because I had missed stuff. She was like, Insert, and I'm like, I'm trying to insert. You're like, I don't know what I'm doing I, right yeah, now. I am, I can't even see straight. Yeah, <laughs> it was Most crazy. So that was the start,
1: yeah, that was how we started. <laughs> uh, but then like, do all the cues over again, <laughs> do all your whole
0: thing over. But the
1: thing is, we had the cues, mm-hmm. so it's doable, but it's like, there was no way we we're gonna be able to do all of them, and there was no like just because there's there's no time if we had if we had three days to fix this if we even if we had a week it'd be perfect but there was no tech time none and there was no editing time so it was like how do we get exactly what we need to convey this story Mm -hmm. and we just took the bare bones of it we took out the bare bones of it, and we did it. And people loved the show. And they loved it. They, they still loved, loved it. They loved That's the so show. It was so well-received, and... They don't even know they got such a, 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 an abridged version it's of such my show. an abridged version, and so different.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, and uh, last night, we were with uh, John, the organizer. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the promoter, yeah. The promoter, and, uh, or the producer. The director of The director of... The 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 show, director yeah. of the entire Fringe Fest. Uh, fringe Fest, and uh, he was just so happy that uh, you came down and we, you were a part of this, and uh, we you were just—he
0: was beaming. He was good. Yeah, yeah,
2: and you know, so supportive and yeah. very supportive of your work, and and uh, wishing you to come back down. Oh yeah, yes. and he even said, you know. If you, not even if you're now not we'll even prepared. performing, <laughs> you just want to stay at my house. Come stay at my house. Come, he, you know, and the man was no not hot. drunk. No, I he mean, which you got to consider it in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. But no, I mean, it was just a wonderful, wonderful experience, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and just having to roll with it and do your absolute best. Mm-hmm. And I think John, uh, the director of, of, of Fringe, said it best. This is a beautiful city. Gives you a lot of love. She'll love you. She'll love you. You're not perfect, but, you know, you love her, and she will love love you back. back. I
0: love that. That was so great. That's another thing. That needs to be a T-shirt. Yeah. Yeah. That's how it did me, I must say. Yeah. So, you guys, anything I just want to say? So far, this is like the 20-minute segment um, right now. We're going to put it on the pause. Um, And then we can come back and maybe do a quick wrap-up. All right, so thanks for tuning in. We got to let some sponsors play their stuff so we can get a little cash for this. Hey! Hey, hey, hey! Thank you for listening to the opening part of the podcast with my producer, Lindsay Haley, and my director, Claudia duran for ask a black woman and uh, we t- recorded that live on site in new orleans um, as we were leaving actually because we had such a jam-packed experience um, as we brought the one woman show ask a black woman and so now um, for this final segment of the podcast episode i just want to uh just give my whole like take on new orleans in case y'all don't know this was my first time ever i know like right ever going to new orleans um i just want to just start to say first of all i absolutely love new orleans like everything about it from the moment i got there i my plane arrived like midnight going into that wednesday and dropped off my bags we lived right um, uh, stayed right in the french quarter in a damn near like a mansion kind of and we um uh, walked right we could walk right out to the corner of bourbon street let me tell y'all something bourbon street like it's not my scene um it's just the whole drunken revelry of it all it's like to me uh a grown uh uh college party in the street same old scene and so at my stage and age in life i can like do without it so um not my scene but of course you gotta hit it just to see what it's like and um but just the whole freedom of it all, I get it. Um, but for me, New Orleans really hit my heart as far as the people are concerned. Um, we went over to um, one of the mini bars, it was called Alibi. And um, it was like one o'clock in the morning by this time. and. My first uh, interaction uh, was that let me know I was home <laughs> was meeting the chef um, who didn't close the kitchen on you know, I me. Mean. I was like, I got to get something to eat. He said, What'd you want, there? And, then, you know, with the whole New Orleans thing. And I met a guy named Henry from the Lord Ninth Ward. And Henry hooked me up with this po' boy shrimp. Now, I am plant based to my heart, but let me tell you confession your girl ate seafood uh, the entire trip. And I am not shame to say that I had a grand old time anyway he made this 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 shrimp po' boy for me that I can't even couldn't even close I think Henry probably put like two pounds of shrimp on there Claudia had to help me eat it he marinated the sucker in buffalo sauce he put his love in it uh and he just gave me that literally started off the whole southern hospitality situation I just gotta let you know that Matter of fact, let's just talk about brothers and cooking and Southern hospitality throughout the duration of the trip. Um, So it started with Henry and uh, actually our host, um, the owner of the the museum-like mansion house that I stayed in, um, Ride, he ended up uh, fixing gumbo, seafood gumbo for us um, and it was delicious. Oh my goodness. Thank you, Ride, for that. So that was one of the aspects of it. Matter of fact, shout out to Ride for even taking professional um, pictures of me um, for one of my performances and another, just, just people, you know, showing favor for me, you know, where I'm from and the age there that I grew up from, no one owe you nothing. Like don't nobody owe you anything. So anytime anybody does anything above and beyond, I just I'm so filled with gratitude, but New Orleans y'all y'all extra with it, and I appreciate it. Um, one of the things was when we were sitting right at the uh, airport bar, uh, recording that episode, me, Claudia, and Lindsay. Um, there was this this the 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 bartender just just listening and having weaving conversation in and out. And when they finally called us for boarding, um, he surprised us with a big dumb Cafe Du Monde. Um, bag full of fresh beignet orders for all of us as a go like like where, where did that come from thank you thank you for the love y'all listen it's a good thing i don't live there i'm only five foot one i would be five foot one and 200 pounds easy because i can't say no to me cooking and giving me food amen so aside from that part let's talk about the spiritual aspect and the historical thing, things that were meaningful I really wanted to go to the Whitney plantation tour. They have a lot of plantation tours, but the Whitney uh, plantation tour is highly suggested because of the specific focus in case you're not familiar with it, that they're the, uh, they are specific in honoring the enslaved that lived on that plantation. And uh, couldn't make it um it's out in Wallace, Louisiana, which is at least an hour outside Louisiana, and with my tight schedule and so forth, was not able to make it. I was forlorn, but because I'm gonna be back in New Orleans, that's already declared I uh will have to pocket that so I was a little take you know sad about not making it out there, but um I was able to participate and be in solidarity with the Slave revolt uh, uh, reenactment and procession of the 1811 German Coast slave revolt. I was zero years old when I learned about that. The week I was there, Um, apparently uh, 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 former uh, slaves um, that lived way at least 50 miles outside of Louisiana, they um, came together and took. Time to plan their revolt, and they eventually um, revolted on the slave masters, um, and they attacked, and technically were not successful. Um, They ended up marching to the outskirts of New 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 Orleans, excuse me, Um, but because of the one um, white person that got away, by the time they got to New Orleans, uh, they were met with um, their death. And so technically, if you want to say you know it was nothing to celebrate because they died the the fact that the procession that the reenactment and procession that we did ended in Congo Square in Louis Armstrong Park ended with the celebration, the drumming, the dancing, all of that um it was a different ending. I would say that it was a celebration, even though the enslaves that revolted. Uh, ended with their death because the moment they decided that I'd rather be buried in my grave than continue to live as a slave, they were already free, regardless of the outcome. And so um, it was a two-day affair with the procession, etc. And so when I um, began to walk alongside the procession, they met at the U.S. Mint um um on esplanade if you guys are familiar with that area and we walked from the mint all the way to Congo Square and which was a very good intention cuz it took you through the French Quarter through all the touristy areas and so you had people of all races and if and if I don't if I didn't know nothing about it I'm sure they didn't know nothing about it and so you saw children etc and I think that when you Have that display of a procession passing you. I think it's what you're going to have curiosity as adults. You should be curious and want to know what was going on. It was all on media. And then if your children are questioning it too, that's a great learning opportunity. And so I love that aspect. I'm praying that people actually did that to see what it was about so we can talk about it and, and, and educate ourselves and, 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 and honor and honor the people who fought for their freedom. We were going through the streets of liberty or death, liberty or death, liberty or amor, you know? And and so when we ended in Congo Square, it was my first time ever in Congo Square. If you guys are not familiar with Congo Square, look it up. Um, but this is the place where the trade <laughs> was in full effect. Um, and and, and, and um, the brothers would tell me eventually that Okay, so I would learn that once you leave out the backside of Louis Armstrong Park, you are in the Treme neighborhood. And I'm told that the Treme neighborhood got its na- name because once they would beat our asses in the park and enslave us, then they would go over into our neighborhood in Treme and sleep with the women. You know what I mean? They would and then go on to the other side of the park and then go back on home and carry on like quote unquote normal. Wow. Um so it that town, that city is so insteeped in the culture you can't get away from the spirit of it all. Anyway, Congo Square, the African drumming, um to see the uh Zulu there, the Mardi Gras Indians representing in full uh regalia i met the poet um sunny uh patterson there she performed she she laid it down as she would um there was another vocalist i wasn't familiar with that led this mm, a memorial of a song so she wove janelle monet's song um uh, what the hell you talking about um in 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 between leading that chorus you had the the actors who were dressed in the slave um clothing who would come up to the mic and literally say the names of the enslaved and this went on for damn near an hour like you would say Ann, say her name Ann, say her name and it was just this momentum as we as you you went down like the names of the people you know what I mean like you had you had to stand there and recognize and so that went on and then after the formal celebration ended, here is my moment. I turn around and I see this cute Latina brother. And um, he has on a Homeboy Industries hoodie. Homeboy Industries is here in Los Angeles, great nonprofit organization. So I immediately go, hey, you from LA? And he was like, no, he's he's um, uh, he had been living in New Orleans for a couple of years now. And then he stops me and he says, hey, have you been to the Ancestor Tree? i said what it's behind you he takes my hand leads me to the ancestor tree where you see like um um, um an altar candles are there and things that have been left by other visitors and just on on, on gee, just on contact we bow and we honor our ancestors together we come out of that and then he says you must meet mother i forget to say her name properly but I met a mother and she asked me, did I want to be washed? She takes this ceremonial bowl of water with flowers floating in it and she washes me. She takes her hand in the water and literally from head to toe covers me with water. Hugs me. Now all the women are wearing the white. They're my elders. It was a mm, such a significant moment. After that, I finally find out his name, Sergio. Thank you, Sergio. It's like he was sent and then he was gone. Then he led me to another mother, Mother Denise. Mother Denise didn't have a whole white, but she was still an elder to me in all aspects of the word. And she gave me, I want to say, prophecy and preparation for some real stuff that I'm doing right now. Bless me, tremendously. This was my first time ever in Congo Square. I'll never forget it never ever ever by the way you know your girl did get a damn song with them drums yes i did i was hugged and loved on the entire time i had an absolute fantastic time in new orleans Let and briefly about the show the show how could i forget the show let me take you all with the show i performed at the ashe cultural center in the central city area our Shea Culture Center has been around for over 20 years now. They have a new building. It's a beautiful building. The staff, everybody there, John, Robbie, Miss um, Monica. Um, they just, they just, they just good people. They wanna make sure you good when you are in that space. It's a blessed space. Um, we did the doggone thing as a collective, had made it come together. The people that came to see the show. Let me tell you. I'm going to be honest. Show number one. I come out on the stage. Uh, it's an all-white audience. Definitely not my first time with that. But I was taken aback because I'm up there working damn near an hour. Like solo show. Like I've done this show a few times now. And they weren't responding. And I'm like, why are they not responding? Like I should have got a laugh or snickle or something by now. But they didn't. I'm like... And then it dawned on me, I'm like, girl, it's the deep south. Like, you hitting parts that that, that aren't discussed. This is not normal. You understand what I'm saying? So I come out. They stick around. They didn't jet out and leave. They come to my merch table, and they want to take pictures, actually. And that's when they had questions. Like, they, they were just warming up in the QA afterwards in the theater. But it wasn't until outside that they began to really, really get in. And I had a a, a sigh of relief, like, am I missing the target? And so it was um, an eye opener, a learning opportunity for me. Um, Of course, that uh, just a reminder that not everybody, not every audience, as I began to travel with this solo show, not everybody's gonna get it, you know, immediately. Or just because they're not responding throughout the show, as I expect, doesn't mean that they're not getting. Them folks was marinating on it. And for me not to care necessarily that they're not responding and whooping it up during it, but that it's okay that they're marinating. Just like at church, just because I'm not whooping it up and hollering doing the praise and worship don't mean that I'm not in reverence to God. You feel me? Anyway, so same kind of situation they signed up on the email list and they and and I got people to give video feedback that I've posted on the Instagram. So um yeah, they they got it and we got such a great response and there's plans to bring it back. And I informally let them know that Ask a Black Woman will be dropping October 12, 2020 on my birthday, and I shay has opened its doors to say yeah like if for the book release come on through so I put it out there it's going down book is coming out next year and I will be coming through New Orleans for it and yeah so it was a blessed time just that I will wrap it up and give you everything New Orleans don't owe me nothing not a old thing Hey, all right guys, have a fantastic day. Peace, peace, peace.